And welcome to this edition of The Electric Chair. I'm your host, as always, Midnight Corey. And with me this week is somebody I am so excited to be talking with. Uh, This is actor William Sibley Hart. Now, that name may not ring a bell with you, but I think the face would definitely ring a bell with the majority of you out there. Because this is the face that bit the leg of Herschel in, I think it was the first episode of uh, season three of The Walking Dead. So, uh, man, William, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. Wow. wow. I get a kick out of, uh, you know, talking to fans and getting to talk TWD because, hmm. hell, I, I was a fan before I ever made it on the show. And. I'm now a, you know, super geek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. And how does it feel, uh, you know, like you've said, you're, you've been a fan for a long time. And now, I mean, you are arguably, um, I think, one of the zombies that it has made the most impact uh, in a show. I mean, of course, you know, we've seen Dale getting bitten. We've seen other people getting bitten and killed and everything. But this was different in that uh, you were responsible for the bite on Herschel that was responsible for Rick cutting off his leg and for us realizing that, yes, you can still survive after a bite if amputation is quick and you you get to it fast enough. So, man, I mean, has it soaked in just how much impact that your character has played in that series? Great for the survivors on the show. Feel feel my impotence. Rage! I'm the only zombie that got a chomp and didn't get a kill. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> man, man, yeah, but it's it's man. Your your scene there was huge. Um, cliffhanger. Oh, I I I, I don't disagree. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as as a zombie, my allegiance lies with chomping on people. Hmm. Well, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so uh, you know, as as much as I, I love the characters, and you know, I, I may cry at their deaths. Yeah, T Dog. Uh, he was so nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they gave him a, a, a hero's farewell. Absolutely. But I, I mean, there's still something in it to see friends ripping into him that <clears throat> I just I love. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 what is the the camaraderie like? I mean, I'm getting this vibe from you that, uh, you know, a lot of the the zombies, a lot of the the actors who are on there just playing 
zombies, whatever, all over the place on The Walking Dead. Um, did you guys? Did you guys hang out? Did you? Was the camaraderie there? Did you all? Was it like a family thing? What What was that like? Uh, well, for almost two weeks for the the season two finale, uh, we were we were out there like eighteen hour days, pretty much the same ninety five of us. Wow. Uh, we 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 it was so darn cold I, i'm sure they had a hard time finding anybody else crazy enough to keep <laughs> coming back <laughs> wow and uh you know there was definitely a lot of camaraderie there cuz you know i mean we were we were braving elements that uh, uh, all right we live in atlanta uh, we're sissies down here i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to banter that <laughs> but in November, it was 25. I wore shorts, T-shirts, and sandals to Christmas dinner. Wow. <laughs> Came out of nowhere, ended like Halloween with 60 or 70 the rest of the winter. Man. Nobody was prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Man. Yeah, that's uh, Wow. Yeah, that, I, I didn't realize that it could get that cold um that that far south i mean i know you know occasionally you know you'll have some cold temperatures but uh for november that's that's extremely rare so right it it came out of nowhere and then was i don't know it was ridiculous we we bonded a lot Hmm. Uh, you know we were freezing in between takes and there was uh one zombie that would oftentimes break into the thriller (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> to try and get blood pumping. So ultimately, you know, you'd have like an entire section of zombies attempting to thriller out in the field. Just to keep warm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> man, man, that's great. And uh, so, I mean, how did you get this part? Um, you know, you, 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 you're still, are you still a student right now? Or I, I know you were a student when this kind of came about. Um so, what was the situation like? Um, I'm pretty sure my first period professor was really hungover. And he <laughs> nice. just had us do, like, a reading quiz, was half asleep in his chair, looked like he felt like he was going to die, and just sent us on our way. It was just like, all right, do the reading quiz, leave. <laughs> So I now have an hour on my hands in, in between classes, and I get on Facebook, and you know I, I I'm a member of several casting groups uh, through previous uh, projects that I've worked on, and I saw a rush call, and I was like, dude, I love that show. Okay, so I sent in minutes before I walked into class, and just kind of set my phone on vibrate on the desk and had my my notifications on, so. Email bounced into my phone. It vibrated. I was like, no way. <laughs> I, I looked. And about this time, my professor thinks he's about to begin his, uh, his lecture. Um, and I, I, I read the confirmation, and I, I'm pretty sure I yelled really loudly <laughs> <laughs> and grabbed my stuff. And I just went up to his desk as he was just looking at me with seething hate. <laughs> Oh, and I, I showed him. I'm like, look, I'm I'm out of here. And I, I left, and I didn't come back for a very long time. I'm lucky I passed that class. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, uh, have your grades suffered throughout all this, or are you still on, like on track with uh, where you want to be academically? Uh, academically, I'm taking a semester off. Uh, oh, last cool. semester, kind of, uh, it got a little crazy on me and made it very difficult to manage both the reaction that I was getting and my studies. Um, I also uh, did try and make my mind think in a way that I've never thought before uh, by taking a Japanese class. Um, and oh, wow. my mind apparently doesn't like language because everything <laughs> suffered. Man. Well, Jap anything Asian, I mean, it's, you know, especially Japanese, that's rough, man. I mean, that is really hard. That's one of the most difficult languages that you can learn coming from a language like ours. And, uh, wow, more power to you, brother. That's, wow. <laughs> oh, no, I did not do well. <laughs> oh, man. So there you are. I mean, you, you've heard of this, uh, the casting call. And everything. So you're cutting class, and uh, so what happened next? How did how did you how did you get on set or get, I guess, in in touch with the the people that you needed to? Uh, well, I mean, at that point, I already had the address to go to. I had already said I was going to be there, been confirmed, and just had to grab, run home, grab my stuff, and go. Awesome, awesome. So basically, just drop the school books, grab. Some warm clothes and oh. go play zombie. I, I, I'll tell you, when I arrived on set, it was a rush call. They, they wanted more zombies. Mm -hmm. So everybody else had already been through wardrobe and makeup. And they were going for their, their last looks up at wardrobe. And I pulled on. And this herd of, it, it had to have been at least 90 zombies, <laughs> comes trumping in front of me. I was like, oh, my God, this is Awesome! <laughs> oh, that's great. Man, I couldn't imagine that. Just, just be. I don't know if I, I'd be like, okay, this is the shoot, right? These aren't real zombies, you know, because I, I'm such a big zombie fan myself, and I've, I've always been imagining zombie apocalypse scenarios and everything, and seeing this herd of zombies. I might, I might be a little, little scared. I mean, it, it's going to be cool, but I'm like, okay, I got to make sure this is the. These are just the actors, right? I mean, we're not really, this is, this isn't real, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I've got to say Chandler Riggs has got to be like the most badass 13, 14 year old ever. Really? Uh, think about it. He's, he's a kid. Do, do you remember watching horror movies at that age? Oh my God. Yeah. I was freaked out at like right? everything. Yeah. What's, what's he do? <laughs> True. Oh, my God. He comes out and he, he, he'll ride his bike around set and come hang out with the zombies. He is <laughs> super cool. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, um, anybody, did you, uh, did you happen to talk with any other the big names um, on, uh, in the cast? You know, either, um, of course, I'll go by character names, but, uh, you know, like Rick or... Of course, you. Uh, I'm sure you had contact with Herschel. You know, fairly, fairly close. <laughs> but uh, you know, anybody else that you sort of uh, got to speak with or hang out with a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, that scene with Herschel involves, you know, Brick, Daryl, Glenn. I mean, they're they're all right there to 
Daryl's picking me up and hucking me off of Herschel after I'm shot and dragging me off, and they're rushing in. So I was right there with all of them. I'm blind and can't see any of this when we're doing the ripping. And they all, every last one of them came up. I, I couldn't see them. I could just recognize the voices and kind of see a, a vague outline of, oh, okay, I see, you know, a redneck with a crossbow. I, 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 that's got to be Norman. <laughs> oh, so, so you had the, the contacts in. Were they that, just they obscure your vision that much? Uh, well, there was a light that was right facing at me. Oh. And <laughs> with the light, hitting them it really like reacts the cataracts in them oh and so vague shapes uh distinctive clothing articles uh like plaid designs i could i could kind of differentiate people by that but for six hours it was if i didn't know your voice i had to ask okay who am i talking to wow man well, that's uh, that's dedication too. I mean, how how long were you in this this uh, you know for that scene specifically? Um, how long were you in uh, costume for this, and you had to wear these contacts and sort of be under these crazy conditions? What was what was the time frame like was, on all this? I was sitting on that floor for uh, about six hours. Wow! <laughs> and I had the contacts in pretty much from the start between takes. As long as I wasn't getting direction. I just closed my eyes and meditated. Wow. Man. Because the dust on that floor, uh, I, it, was, it was really hard to have my eyes open. Man. So what, what was the exact location of this? Was this a set that they built, or were you in an actual yeah, this existing... Yeah, this, this was on the prison set. Oh, okay. I okay. So they didn't actually drag you I down can... to a cell block somewhere in the middle of Atlanta and whatever and get you... <laughs> And get you down in the in these dingy things. I mean, it, this was at least a set where at least you could walk off set and sort of return to civilization or, or humanity for a while. And uh, you know, you weren't down in the dungeon. I guess I'm saying. Uh, well, I mean, you know, kinda. It, it's it's <laughs> really darn realistic in there. Oh yeah, it's really darn realistic. Like. It it kind of felt like, you know, I was in an actual prison. However, I was, you know, on a really amazingly built set. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's important, too, because, you know, as an actor, um, I think it's the the rest of the crew's responsibility to sort of put you in that scene and make you feel like you are in that scene, um, you know, as much as possible. So, um and, you know, from what I know, man, and what I gather and read and everything about The Walking Dead, it's top-notch, man. I mean, it is balls to the wall. I mean, they don't cut corners. It's by no means a low-budget shoot whatsoever. I mean, it's it's huge. And uh, have you ever been on a on a, a shoot or a set that's quite at the level that this one is? No, absolutely not. It is unparalleled. phenomenal Uh, you wouldn't believe it looking at it but the prison isn't stone or concrete oh really is that like a i i didn't know until i leaned up against it i was like wait a minute that's 
hollow and foam. <laughs> wow. It's literally like plywood with foam and some really amazing artists. <laughs> so if you lean on it too hard, you're actually going to go through it. And, no, no, uh, no, no, no. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's nice and solid. Like I, I stopped and I was like, is, is this okay to touch? Like as soon as I touched it and the PA is like, oh, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> man, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, amazing artistry on, I think, every level. And uh, the oh, yeah. entire crew is brilliant on this. Just, uh, uh, yeah, these these guys are fantastic. To, to see what Greg and his K&B guys do in, you know, like 30 minutes, they can have your whole skeletal structure changed and be started on airbrush painting you and you know another 20 minutes later you're just this disgusting ferocious beast <laughs> it's unbelievable I, i've i've seen those men men do things with pantyhose that probably made thousands of people like squirm <laughs> probably yeah yeah, I'm the sure. The tendon I was biting was nylon. That's pantyhose. Really, really, because that yeah. was that you had an amazing scene, and it was is very graphic. And um, actually, it, it's it's kind of funny because you can bring up this scene right now on YouTube. They have it. Uh, there's a just an isolated, I think, two or three minute uh, clip where it's called like Herschel gets bitten, and uh, you can just watch that. Herschel wanders in. And goes right past you. You bite him on the leg, and then you know Rick comes up and and shoots you. So I'd like to sort of uh, you know step you through this and see what your thought process was. I'm sure it was very drawn out, and there were a lot of different takes and everything to to kind of get this final scene, which I think in light of things is is relatively short compared to what you went through. Um, but uh, you know, if we go right now to um, you know Herschel walks in. And there you are, you're motionless, apparently, you know, just slumped against the wall. And uh, we assume as the viewer that you're dead, dead, that you're a walker, that, you know, you've either, you've either just like uh, starved to death or, you know, somebody's already come by and, and kind of done you in. And so there you are slumped against the wall and Herschel's coming. So, I mean, what's your process? I mean, when, when the director says, you know, roll and ever, or action, whatever, you know, like I've been on a set before. Um, so, you know, action and Herschel's coming through. There you are motionless against the wall. I mean, what's going through your head here? Is this, are you nervous for what you're about to do? What, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I pretty much spent the whole day in meditation. I, <laughs> Uh, nervousness was was not something I felt. It it just was what it was, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm I was supposed to be hungry. I haven't I haven't eaten in you know a, a year. When however long it took for everybody to be zombies and there be no food, hmm. you know, because I certainly didn't get out and I was run down and tired and. Lazy, kind of like the honey badger. <laughs> you know, this this food just comes right into my path, and yeah. it, it was just kind of like a hey, wake up with the first foot, and then as the second one goes, oh hey, there's food, go. 
and from from the go that that got split into a bunch where I was you know like biting in for the leg and then we repositioned for you know starting to fall and put mats down for full-on falling and then uh, did it with the prosthetic now at this point they they told me you know like all right well this is just rehearsal and we want you to kind of do this we're not going to do the blood and it wasn't until I got up and started chewing that I was like, why are my lips wet? Oh, molasses. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. that, was, that, was, that was it. They, that was the one that ended up getting used. Really? I, I had no clue that, you know, that they told me it was rehearsal. <laughs> so you only did the bite once? Like the actual yeah, ripping up of once. the tendons and everything. Wow, wow, very nice. Because I, I just assume that everything I see on the screen has been like the the product of several takes. Um, uh, everything else was. It, it yeah. was it was really difficult to orchestrate. You know, like biting in with a moving leg with, uh, you know, also trying to uh, prevent actually chomping down and you know scott screaming in pain because i'm now actually chomping on his achilles yeah uh, you know so that was that was a little tough and i i think i may have nicked him a couple times that that was my next question because uh i didn't know you know sometimes you've heard of some some zombie bites especially in some romero films and uh, people have talked about, yeah, they did these bites and they accidentally actually bit the the other actor. Um, you know, they sort of went past the prosthetic and actually uh, sort of bit into them a little bit. And I was going to ask, you know, was that was that something that you were thinking about that you you, you almost like held back because you're like, man, I, I don't want to actually bite this guy, but I'm trying to get as much of this tendon and blood and everything as I can. Um, so you you actually got him a little bit. Uh, I'm 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 pretty sure that teeth connected with flesh in at least one take it, it, it's i mean it's really difficult to to orchestrate you know like a, a vicious bite at with you know a moving target right it, it's right. try it try it with your wife and <laughs> see how fast you get slapped yeah oh believe me my wife wants nothing to do with zombies or horror or anything like that she's just appalled at this whole thing actually it's funny right before we did this interview tonight um we're here and we're actually i'm in pennsylvania so we were watching the uh, the penguins game and um and so there there's a pause in the action and i have my laptop and i'm like oh i'm doing this interview here right now and uh oh here's here's who i'm interviewing and i flip my laptop around and i show her your scene you know and herschel's walking by you take a chunk out of his leg and she's like, Corey, I can't believe you just showed that to me. That is so disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I just wanted you to know. I wanted to keep you informed and, you know, everything, what I'm doing. She's like, no, all you wanted to do was disgust me and and just show me this really disgusting clip. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, what can you do? But uh, <clears throat> no, so that's that's my wife. And as far as horror and zombies and especially violence and stuff, she's... Not, uh, not into it, <laughs> you know. Doesn't have the I stomach for it, you know. I recommend a tickle attack at that point. It's very yes. hard for them to argue. I could, I could, I could, uh, I think, spin zombies that way, where I, we are tickle zombies. 
you know, and that is <laughs> that is how we attack. So, uh, but I have a two-year-old son. Um, you know, just going off on a tangent here, as far as zombies go, um, I do have a son who, at two years old, he has a little zombie toy that he likes to play with, and he knows the word zombie, and he knows. I, I say, hey, what does the zombie say? And he says, brains. I say, hey, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. Zombie says brains. You know, like cow says moo. <laughs> you know, duck says quack. Zombie says brains. <laughs> you know, and nice. So, and of course, my you know my wife has a lot to say about that, but uh, I couldn't be prouder as a a horror loving zombie loving <laughs> father. But uh, that's that's way off what we we're talking about. Um, just had to throw that in there, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? We all we all love talking about our kids. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Talking about the series and The Walking Dead, and of course, like I said, you have been, uh, I think, immensely influential as far as your character in this series. And um, so looking at season three, and I, I don't know if there's any sort of weird uh, thing with you where you can sort of talk about so much about the series and everything, but... Um, you know, right now we're at uh, just after the break in uh, season three. And um, have you been watching it? Or, I mean, what's your what's your uh, sort of mindset now that you've sort of starred in? Th- or, well, yeah, you've, oh, you've I, basically I, been I, a star. Um, but uh, so do you keep up with it or sort of? That, absolutely. Yeah. I, I haven't had cable in many years. So uh, I've done the iTunes season pass in combination with my Apple TV. Nice. Um, I, at the very least, if I don't go to one of the local bars that has a viewing party, I have it up on, you know, on my computer, on my TV the very next morning. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you talked about being a fan. Did you read the comics at all uh, I, going into it? I, I never even knew there were comics until being on set and I heard a lot about them and I have gotten uh, partway through the prison arc they're they're in uh, I believe I'm on volume seven right now oh okay yeah yeah there, there's a lot of differences um, oh yeah it's oh, I I love the differences yeah. it's it's to me if every character was the same it would be you know, kind of the reason, one of the reasons a lot of fans, uh, I should say, might not have liked the old Star Wars. There wasn't any twist. So we, mm. we weren't surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like that, you know, the completely different shifts on the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're still keeping, I think, a very general, you know, sort of story arc the same. You know, as far as they go from here to there, and and uh, we see some of the same characters, I think, introduced differently, and they, they do some different things. So I think they hold just enough similarity to the comic that um, I think us comic fans can identify with. Because I've been, I've been reading The Walking Dead for years and years and years in comic, and my dream was that something like this would happen. And then it did, so that's, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, I think there is enough there that we know sort of maybe probably where the TV show is headed and we're not quite, you know, we're not quite sure. 
And I think they're giving us just the right mix of stuff from the comics and new direction that uh, keeps everybody happy. Uh, it's it's just very brilliant. I think what uh, how the how the writing has been on the TV show, um, man. Especially, oh, I absolutely agree. I don't I don't know I if you're. Uh, agree. It, oh no, go it, ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I absolutely agree, man. It's uh, very much written in a way that old fans and new fans alike, uh, you know, readers of the comics or I don't know how to read can still identify and enjoy it and i think that's fantastic that's that's oftentimes very difficult to do without it being predictable right right yeah especially now i don't know how far you are in with uh, the arc with the governor and how that's all all played out have you uh, gone through that whole governor arc um with him in the prison and everything in the uh, comic i I, I know what you're leading to with that. Um, however, I don't want to say anything about uh, what could be. Oh, cool. 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 It's, uh, I mean, what do you think of the governor on the show uh, compared to the governor in the comic book? Because they're very different people. And uh, actually, it's uh, well, funny, I, on the last episode of the podcast, I was talking about this with uh, with another guy, and we were just, uh, I think, very surprised, and he said how disappointed he was with the casting decision um, on the governor and the TV show, and uh, I don't have to say I was surprised, or uh, disappointed, but I was more surprised, um, being that I, I already knew who the governor was from the comic, and uh, so what's your take on, on these two, I think, very different governors? Uh, well, clearly that's why, you know, Savini couldn't be the governor. He, he, he looked exactly like the governor from the comic. However, <laughs> yeah. we don't have the governor from the comic. This, this governor isn't, uh, isn't around to make women put chastity belts on. He's kind of around in a, a sleazy, sexy kind of way of, well, we don't know if he's really a D-bag or if he's, you know, kind of an all right guy just looking out for his people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it keeps us uh, viewers, I think, questioning things, which is really cool because in the comic, man, I, I think it's it didn't take me too long to really, really not like the governor at all. And just sort of know that this is one evil bastard. I mean, right off the bat, um, you know, and in the TV show, I, I just I'm questioning it. I'm like. Yeah, this is a ba- yeah. I mean, he's keeping his little zombie daughter in the in the cupboard, and yeah, I mean, he has all those heads in the aquariums, and yeah, but man, he just he's he's kind of a nice southern gentleman, you know. He's he's very well spoken, and he comes across well, has a nice smile and everything. So yeah, so that was I think very different, um, and it's something I liked actually. I, I liked that change. I liked it. Yeah, that's that's honestly. One of my favorite things, I, I have, uh, I, I'm a philosophy minor in school, um, and so that kind of that kind of has me picking things apart, and I'm I'm really enjoying the the complete shift of like, well, let's 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 face reality right now. Uh, right now, Rick is the you know, through the first rock, mm-hmm. proverbially, proverbially. 
<laughs> right, right. So, and and then to to leave the show with him, you know, going all schizo was, I I I don't know, I I, I don't know. I, I, he seems to be losing it. He yeah. seems to be losing it, and it's almost got me rooting for the governor. Really, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm used to rooting for the bad guy. No, no, I love it. Know, actually, that's, a, that's I a great perspective. I kind of am the bad guy. <laughs> that's a great perspective, though. You know, especially you know, being that you, you haven't, uh, you don't have a big history with the comics, so you're not really that invested in in the characters. And, um, it, oh, wow. Wow, that's interesting. Just because I, I think I'm really rooting for Rick and the quote good guys, you know, um, and I just uh, I sort of I don't know. I see the governor um, right now, you know, as we left it in just this past episode, as the governor is basically becoming who we've seen in the comic. Um, I think he's right there right now because he's been broke. I mean, this guy is so beyond pissed right now. Um, yeah, that but he's he's, uh, he's he's been such a sissy up to now. He's been uh, such a sissy. He's he's got to sack up and like really start doing some evil. That's true. You know, that's a good point. I mean, like this yeah. this governor has a, a a complete abandonment of like raping and pillaging and that sort of thing. He's got to he's got to get on the govy train and you know, hop to it. Wow. Well, thank you. Yes, because I guess you know it. It wasn't long after we were introduced to the governor in the comic that he cut off Rick's hand. You know, and uh, then he went on to uh, rape Michonne repeatedly. Um, brutally and repeated. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, perform uh, a vast amount of travesties around those things. Um, so that is a great point. I just, I, I never, I guess, really thought about it that way where he is, he is sort of, I guess I just sort of assumed that all of this uh, evil that I saw in the governor from the comic was just sort of going to bubble up through him and that they were just sort of holding off because of course in the TV series, I think they have to try to draw things out a little bit more just to sort of keep in pace with the comic that they're not sort of going to outpace the comic at some point And some weird intersection has to be crossed there and you know, whatever. But, um, that is, that's something I'm going to have to chew on, man, because that's, uh, wow. That's profound. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't even know what to say, um, but uh, great point, man. Great point. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. But I, I think starting this next episode, we're going to see the governor sort of go balls to the wall. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I hope so. Yeah. It was a fantastic episode, and I really liked the, the psychology behind it. I think that that to me was like the real clincher for the this opener here. However, I, I would like to to see more mayhem and destruction, and you know, certainly see where Rick's going with this. You know, latest uh, bout of 
schizophrenia or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rick's interesting, and I'd love to hear, I mean, what you think from your point of, of uh, you know, um, I, I don't know how your thinking is with Rick, because what I see is uh, Rick is very, very strong, uh, a great leader, a reluctant leader, I think, in a lot of, you know, a lot of regards. But um, he goes through, I think, extremes. You know, he goes from, I think, periods of extreme strength. And uh, he's very decisive, and and um, I think he just very much, he, he's very straightforward and lays it down. And then I think he has to counteract just all these horrible things around him. You know, like the, the dead walking, like... Lori dying, uh, like this new baby and everything, and he has to he has to sort of be out there with his son and be responsible for his son, and then be responsible for this group, and so he has to sort of counteract all this stress and all this insanity by just going through these weird periods of just being in a funk in a weird funk, and we saw that man, we saw that you know early in season three, where he just went down into the prison. And he just cleared house, and nobody knew where he was, what he was doing, except he was down there doing something. Right. Of course, the phone call and everything. So, I mean, what's your take on this? Do you think this is a normal sort of progression uh, as far as human behavior goes in, in, in the face of something like we're seeing in The Walking Dead? I mean, man, we could. I'm sure Rick is a really interesting guy to pick apart and discuss and psychoanalyze. It's it's he's he's really difficult. He he comes from a a very morally strict background where you know the acts of murder that he's committed are gonna really weigh on him the way it wouldn't you know with somebody that just didn't give a darn. Yeah. You know so. So for every one of those innocents that he he does or a mistake that he makes, he 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 genuinely feels that, which is enough to make anybody go mad. I, I can't I can't fault him on that. However, you know, and because of that, I see that he's kind of got to got to split himself off to, you know, here's the Rick that can feel this, which is. Maybe a little crazy, Rick. And here's the Rick that can do this. Hmm. Hmm. And isn't that uh, sort of a little bit in all of us? You know, where we sort of had this have this side to us where we do have to, um, I think, let some sort of strength sort of come up from us and overcome what we're doing and, and just really go beyond what where we think we can go to sort of overcome where we are. And then uh, I, I think sort of to deal with whatever situation we're dealing with, we just have to go sort, we have to go through some dark times. We have to go some through some really, really, uh, you know, darkness, I guess, you know, is, is the only thing. I mean, some, uh, some really low points. Um, you know, and maybe that's, uh, I think it's a great commentary on sort of, uh, you know, the human condition and, and uh, where we are right now as a society, you know, living in this world. I mean, do you think that's sort of a healthy cycle that we're seeing for any of us right now? Uh, really, just immerse yourself in the world for a minute. You can't trust anybody. You, you 
aren't safe anywhere. <laughs> it's uh it's it's a tricky situation. It's a tricky place to be. So you know, I mean, even even in a majority of the homeless people today, they the the horrors and just the sheer weight of the world that they live in has a tendency to you know, they either get straight and get off or go unhinged mm. and kind of full on go into, you know, I'm I'm a robot. I was programmed at this factory. Right. Hmm. Man. Well, some great things to think about, I think, in this series. And um, I think it's one that I th there are so many parallels um, to where we are today as a society and just what it what it is to be human. I mean, of course, you know, the big thing is The Walking Dead, the title of the series really isn't referring to the zombies. It's referring to the survivors because we are the walking dead. We're, we're basically already dead and we're still walking around uh, just waiting to die. Um, and does that say something to our our condition right now um is there hope is there something out there that uh we can hope for because we hear a lot of doom and gloom nowadays about uh, where we are as a country as a world as a you know whatever um you know do we have hope and or do you just feel like somebody that's just out there right now and yeah we're just the walking dead we're just ready you know, eventually we're just walking around and we're gonna die and that's that's all we have so, you know, and is that why maybe this series is so popular is because uh, it's 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 hugely popular, you know, an amazing series it's broke a lot of records. And it's uh, I don't know. Does it speak to so many people on that level? Maybe not necessarily horror fans and zombie fans that have wanted to see this, but maybe even more casual fans, you know, more, uh, you know, people that uh, are, are just watching TV. They happen to pick this up and they can identify with this. And maybe maybe they don't think about it consciously, maybe on and uh, you know a subconscious level they're just um, yeah this is how I feel this is man this is what I am right now as a human in this world just a zombie getting ready to you know be annihilated um, you know is there is there any sort of uh, validity to that thinking? Uh, <clears throat> I actually have done a lot of research into into uh, the zombie culture as as a whole and it's really interesting to find that uh, our current military stance where where we are uh, with that uh, it kind of dictates the horror influences like um, during the the fifties with the the nuclear bomb, the, the uh, Godzilla movies were big, um, communism, uh, invasion from Mars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and when people get used to seeing you know buildings destroyed and bodies in the street, it, that's when zombies tend to pick up. Hmm. So the 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 shift really began. Uh, in 2001, as it were, when when the reality hit home, and and that was kind of the norm in our 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 regular news. 
you know, is is death here, bombs going off there. Uh, it, it's it's how we cope with our reality by uh, desensitizing ourselves to it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I agree. Um, but also, I mean, we, we've seen uh, sort of this uh, parallel horror with uh, vampires right now. Uh, I, I think vampires have taken an interesting new twist. Of course, you know, and the only thing vampire-wise that you can talk about right now is Twilight. Um, how that's sort of taken, I think, uh, 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 several different audiences by storm here. You know, of course, uh, you know, sort of uh, the romantics out there, you know, a lot of housewives and, you know, romantic sort of uh, readers and uh, people that like romance and stuff, you know, obviously like it, but... You know, no doubt there is a horror influence there. Um, and so vampires are sort of, you know, weaving their way in. And I know that uh, vampires sort of, they have this different metaphor than zombies necessarily, um, just because of their nature. Um, we're seeing a lot more vampires out there now. Um, and I don't know, do you do you see the, the vampire thing being... Uh, saying anything for our society is, uh, uh, you know, in light of even the, the zombie thing that's going on. Cause I think there are some parallels there, but uh, I think again, the, uh, the vampires say something a little bit different um, as far as immortality and, and blood and things like that. And I don't know, are you, are you as much into, or do you know as much, I guess, or think about the vampires as much as, <laughs> as zombies? Uh, well, I, I certainly would think about vampires. However, I don't consider um, what Stephanie Myers did vampires. Let's let's face it. If anybody saw a boy take his shirt off and glitter everywhere, what's the first thing you'd think? <laughs> it's not vampire. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm just saying. She just wrote the pretty fancy. No research behind it crap that happened to made a lot of girls uh excited as it were and I, I as as such i don't really view her her version of a, a vampire a vampire it's it's a little too 90210 oh, vampires uh, yeah. are, are sexy and 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 scary and seductive and you know they'll make you do what they want you to do Right, right. I mean, even... You know, uh, that, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I just find that uh, everything about that falls short of, of the, the, the scary aspect. Hmm. And those aren't vampires. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Far too sparkly to uh, really scare me. And, uh, right, yeah. I am not scared of a boy covered in glitter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just not. No. <laughs> well, even okay. Let's go back to the '90s. Let's go back to some Anne Rice. Um, you know, I, I take you've seen an interview with a vampire, um, uh, yeah, with of two two very attractive guys as vampires. Of course, Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise, and. Uh, I don't know. That's 
I think her, if you if you read any of her books, there was uh, more than insinuation. Um, first of all, her her books uh, also again were geared towards exciting women. Um, however, did still retain the the scary part of the vampire, while however making them you know completely whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they didn't completely sparkle and weren't weren't just thrown out there as sex images, you know, to, I, I think, attract a broad female audience. Um, even though that's what they did. I, I think that's, you know, the, I think the appeal, again, of these big star names and just having these very attractive vampires, um, I think really did that in the 90s and sort of almost paved the way for something like Twilight that we see now. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely think that... Um, here's, here's the major difference. It, Stephanie Meyer's work lacks the plot behind the, the sex imagery that uh, it, it, Anne Rand's did. You know, there was, there was, okay, so there was, there was the sexy aspect, but there was still, you know, the plot and, you know, a full world to accompany, a company that you just didn't really get with the Twilight thing. With, with just a little bit of research, they took a road trip for many hours that is like 45 minutes away from where they were supposed to be. Right. Hello? <laughs> Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just look back. I'm I'm such a a film buff. I love uh, looking back. I mean, even man, early 20th century. You know, going back to what vampires were then, even zombies. You know, I mean, we we started off talking about zombies, and I decided to bring up vampires. But uh, looking at either one. I mean, especially now we're talking about vampires. Let's just talk about that. I mean, um, you know, vampires, even like the, uh, you know, Dracula, Bela Lugosi. Um, and especially, I think, uh, what is my favorite vampire movie of all time, which is uh, Nosferatu. Um, those were vastly different vampires than what we see nowadays. Um, and I think the only thing that I can even bring close to, uh, you know, being towards those vampires that are more brutal and and everything are, are something like 30 Days of Night or like From Dust Till Dawn or something like that, um, uh, where they're just, they're not so romantic. They're not so tied up in emotion and sort of human e exploits. I mean, they are more involved in they are immortal, they need blood, and that's pretty much their prime uh, focus at that point. But, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me to see where they've come and what scares people now and what, what uh, has scared me in the past and has stuck with me. And, you know, these, these vampires in the past, like, 20, 30 years, I, it, they just haven't generally scared me as much as going back to these old-school vampires that are just... They're just there, and they're scary, and they're lurking in the night, and they're going to get you, you know? So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The, the, old, the old 
vampires were definitely far scarier than anything that's coming out these days. Yeah. Queen of the Damned was uh, it was it was an awesome awesome music video. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best I've heard it put I think for that film. <clears throat> Actually, cuz I've yeah. I've talked about that before and uh no one's ever put it like that, but I think that's a great uh uh, I think a great uh, sort of summary of what that movie is. <laughs> is yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you think of that? Was that effective for you? Um, I or... I love the album. I love the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. I I I liked that movie. Um, I, I was an angsty teen, so you know the angry album kind of rocked my oh that's cool. my box a little bit. No, that's cool. That's cool. I went through that too. I was, uh, I think, um, I'm probably about a decade before you. I'm not sure. I was a 1977 baby, so uh, you know, I was I was reaching my uh, sort of teenage angst. You know, up around actually the sort of what I think is a perfect time in our time to you know be an angry teen, and that's when like Nirvana came out and. You know all the all those bands with Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and stuff. Um, it was really uh, really cool. But uh, you're you were what nineteen eighty eighty five eighty eighty four eighty four. Oh, oh, cool. So you're yeah. I mean you're not that much um, you know removed from no, where no. I am. And uh, so you were still growing up in the nineties. You're still sort of you know figuring out who you were in the nineties and up through the two thousands and everything and. No, no, I get that. I get it. It's, uh, no, I was I was cooped up in boarding school. I was a bad child. Oh man, man, that's uh, <laughs> that's great. So, how did that influence you, man? Is is where you are now? Um, I mean, you know, boarding school. That's that's sort of very uh, claustrophobic, sort of very uh, very limiting as as far as what you can uh, watch and experience and just be part of. I mean, did you? were you able to watch a lot of like horror films and stuff or I mean, was that limited to you? Uh, I was completely cut off from, for almost three, four years in boarding school, like in the middle of nowhere and uh, have since amassed just a ridiculous DVD collection. (laughs) (laughs) that is that has been halved through uh uh two separations you you know how it goes the the woman leaves and takes all your shit yeah well i'm sorry can i say that on your podcast you can say anything you want it's awesome it's open man i I got a potty mouth oh so do i especially when i've been drinking i've had a few um few craft beers here tonight so i'm uh maybe a little Uh, more loose-lipped so then then you were doing far better than I, good sir. You were doing <laughs> far better than I. I'm drinking PBR. PBR is not a bad thing, and um, I'll tell you why. Because um, I can get a 12-pack for the price you bought your 6-pack? I'm sure, yeah, yeah. That, that's number one, but um, second of all, I was in a band. I'm a musician, and uh, years ago I was in a band in Pittsburgh that was sponsored by Pabst. And so I literally, I got shirts, I got beer, I got all kinds of things from Pabst. And um, it was pretty awesome. Except that I think that uh, the only time that I really got the most beer from them 
was the night I was doing a gig, which was all fine and good, except on the the night of the gig, I got free beer. And oh, you know yeah, what that spells bad. when I try to get up there on stage after three bands have already been up there before us and we're trying to play. And I'm like, I don't even know what our first song starts on. I, I, I forget right now because I've had like, <laughs> you know, like 16 paps just because I could. Um, so, but uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, but, I, I however won't do 16. Yeah, I'm, I just threw that out there. I'm not sure I ever got to that, except on my, maybe my 21st <laughs> birthday. I maybe got to that, but uh, I, you uh, know, I, I, uh, I was driving through Houston a month before my 21st birthday, and I see this giant sign, and all it says on it is IDs. And I looked at this sign, and I said, "Well, I'm like four hours from New Orleans." I wonder, I U-turn, pull in this parking lot. <laughs> sure enough, walk in, just fill out a piece of paper, put my birth year as a, a year before, and they printed out something that on the back says, not a government ID. I don't remember the next three days. I, I presume <laughs> I had fun because uh, I, I got a stern talking to. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, man, man, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But I mean, even going back, you know, we talked we talked about vampire movies. Um, but going back, even zombie movies, how much they've changed, and um, how much that uh, I- I'm a zombie fan. You know, above all else, and. I appreciate The Walking Dead for many, many reasons, and uh, they kept the zombies slow, thank God. You know, that's a rare thing, I think, nowadays. You know, the zombies are slow, and they can't think, and I, I, I think they... Um, and that's what Kirkman's done all through the comics and everything. He's, he's really adhered to a very Romero sort of zombie. Um, and, uh, I mean... What's your take nowadays? We see zombies of all... Oh, man, everybody and their grandma has a definition of a zombie and what uh, what a zombie is able to do. You know, some zombies can run, some zombies can talk, some zombies can do this or that. Or What do you think? What are you most scared by? And what do you, what do you think is sort of the, quote, right way to do a zombie? Uh, you know, I think... That there are, let's let's face it, if zombies screamed really loudly and started running after you, that's far more terrifying than the slow ambling. (laughs) Uh, Maybe for the moment. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's really terrifying. It's screaming loudly, which means it's alerting every other zombie nearby. Hmm. So... Where, where one spots you, whatever zombie can hear it scream is also descending on you. That's valid. That's valid. But, you, see, uh, you see, that's that's a really terrifying look at it. Right. 
That's a really terrifying look. The the running zombies, that's terrifying. Although most of those are, are kind of a, a rage virus type thing. At least the, the movies that I've seen. Yeah, they're not really dead. Um, they're still alive, but they've just been infected by this rage virus that makes them go all crazy. Um, so, and in, in, well, I mean, in that regard, that, that clearly can't count. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's, that's not truly a zombie. Uh, okay. It could be a zombie. I mean, there, there, there are molds that do that to ants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. I've read a lot of that stuff about the zombie ants, and that's uh, kind of freaky, did a, actually. <laughs> I did a, a research paper and uh, the, the speech for my speech class all centering around the same research because I played that semester smart. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that uh, that's interesting, man. But from a uh, physiological standpoint, it, you know, if we adhere from sort of a base standard where zombies, okay, they have died and come back. Okay, let's just start there. They're not not necessarily living people just infected with something crazy. Um, they have died and been reactivated by whatever, by a virus, by some other organism, whatever. Um, after you come back from that dead state, of course, things have begun to happen to your body. You know, certain chemical processes have been able, you know, they've, they've uh, started to um, do things to you. So I don't think a full-out sprint is going to be necessarily the most logical thing that you're going to be able to do. Um, I think that, yeah, you're going to be able to walk fairly fast for a while, but I think you're going to be de degenerating um, because, you, yeah, you are still dead, um, but I think you are going to be sort of, you know, entropying over time. You know, you're going to be breaking down. Um, well, I mean, if 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 that were if that were uh, really the case, uh, it takes under optimal conditions like ten, twelve days for a human uh, body to to decompose. So, like ninety five to a hundred and eight degrees being optimal. To, optimal. Hmm. Anything hotter than that, and. You know, it's just going to destroy it. So it, it would, the bodies would break down at a really rapid rate anyway, hmm. unless whatever was reanimating them was also uh, fighting off um, the the bacteria that was uh, responsible for the decomposition. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking a lot of that is going to be sort of. Uh nil you know brought down to nothing because you're sort of uh taking over this dead flesh you know you're taking over flesh that isn't capable of doing anything anymore and uh you're working from there and so you're working with a very imperfect sort of body and uh you're not going to be quite as good especially for a run i don't think coming back from the dead whether it's bacterial, a virus, some sort of alien, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain uh, the, the, the type of coordination that is uh, required to even do a run. 
I mean, yeah, I think you'll shuffle and maybe, yeah, you'll be a little, little bit fast maybe in your shuffle for a while. But as far as a run, that takes so much coordination, um, so many moving parts doing all the right thing at all the right times that I don't think a dead body is going to be able to be capable of no matter what. Um, I just can't well, buy I, it. I think that the the most likely cause of us actually seeing a, a zombie, a real likely possible cause is going to be our own technology. Nanotechnology uh, already has kept a uh, an amoeba or a, a one-cell organism that it was stuck to alive for, I believe, 18 hours after uh, after the actual creature had died, and it kept it alive, still moving around and all of this. And our science is right now, uh, uh, you know, feeding into this for not only medical, uh, you know, you've got a cut, you put these in and they'll, you know, stitch you up from the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, if we've got something that can, that can, you know, reanimate, take control of, of flesh, rebuild it, all of that, yeah, I would say that sprinters wouldn't be impossible. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe under uh, very special circumstances, like, you know, you've, you've just talked about. Maybe, uh, maybe we could, man. But, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purist, you know, and I'm just thinking from very, very simple sort of horror um, aspects and, and sort of this framework um, where just... I don't know, looking back, man, to like, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, the original one, where there's just some unknown force reanimating the dead, and they were just kind of slow and coming to get you. I mean, that scares me enough. Well, yeah, just, absolutely. These yeah. are, these are, they're horrifying ideas, but let's face it, the, the younger, the younger generation is, has seen it already. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. it's, it's. Horror is definitely something that, you know, like Marilyn Manson and Lady Gaga, you know, relies heavily on shock value and being just, you know, the craziest, weirdest son of a bitch out there. Right. Or, you know, in in the case of horror, being the grossest and nastiest and goriest son of a bitch out there. Right. You know, and unfortunately, as such, you've, you've... got to re- respect heavily what has come before and created this lore. However, you know, expect that it necessarily must go further mm-hmm. to to be able to to gain any relevance in society. Period. Right. Right. That concept has to evolve to um, uh, appeal and identify to the audience of that time and uh you know zombies that are speaking to an audience in the 60s and 70s aren't going to be necessarily the zombies that speak to us here in the 2000s and beyond um because we feel I, different ways you know the, the things have come so far i've got to give credit to romero for not only being uh, the first zombie movie shot that uh, had white people as zombies before then it was it was decidedly you know a, a voodoo lore right and 
Um, so from that, you know, it was it was kind of uh, Haiti. Haiti's Haiti's not a white country, and during that time was a, a lot of civil strife with you know whites and blacks fighting for civil liberties and civil rights that they should have just had, but you know whatever. People are stupid. And he made, you know, a really big shift in that by by changing it around so much where the sole survivor, you know, is is in fact the black man. Right. Is you know, that was a, a huge, huge, huge statement of the times and a huge, huge, huge change in in just the way they were before. And you don't hear her really about those zombie movies before that, the the really decidedly racist ones, although they do rely mostly off the voodoo lore, which springing from that, you know, it, it's 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 really interesting to see that even in all forms of media, from song to to screen. Big changes in social consciousness come from, you know, what's being put in front of them. Right. Right. And uh, a, a great point there about uh, Dwayne Jones, of course, uh, you know, Ben in the original night uh, being the hero of the film and how that turned the tables on pretty much everything we saw before that. Um you know, we look at where zombies came from, uh, primarily, actually, I mean, if you look back even centuries ago, I mean, the roots of the zombies that we see came from Africa. Of course, you know, black, you know, you, you think of black people and then it migrates to Haiti because of course, you know, where were so many of the slaves sort of exported to, where did that come from? Well, you know, a lot of them went to Haiti and so they, sort of uh a lot of their superstitions and everything were carried over there and and uh Haiti and the Caribbean in, in general being a vast mystery to us Americans uh as we come up into our modern era of course we're 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 very suspicious of these black people down in the islands and what they're doing with their weird cultures and their religions and everything and, uh, you know, it's funny how much of the zombie lore has come up through assumptions of what voodoo is all about and assumptions of, of what we've seen down there because, I mean, yeah, there's some truth, there's some fiction, there's a lot of things going on. Um, but it, it's just funny to see how these storylines have uh, grown up and where the zombie has come from uh, because it's 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 not based in fact necessarily. It's based in superstition and assumption, like I said, and sort of evolved that way um, up until we see well, Romero and he just sort of changed the story altogether for whatever. But uh, before Romero, that's what we saw. If if Wade Davis is to be believed with uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, uh, he, hmm. he has found through Clairvius Narcisse a, a, a real living zombie, not as you know we we know it uh but the the haitian witch witch doctors uh apparently are supposed to have some death potion uh that contains puffer fish tetrodotoxin um 
and some mild skin irritants, so a little bit of the toxin gets in and mimics a death-like state, and then the person can be dug up and taken to work on a, a sugar plantation. Now, if he's, he's to be believed uh, with his research and actually getting in and finding, you know, getting the, a hold of this powder and yada, 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 uh, then there may actually be a case for... for you know, some of that lore to be somewhat true, but more so in a, in a, you know, these are people that the town doesn't like, they want to do away with, they pay the witch doctors a lot of money, and effectively pay their, pay the person to go to slavery. (laughs) Right, right, because they're not really dead. They they never die. They just go into this death-like state. For a certain period of time, and then they're sort of just like... I mean, technically, technically, by scientific definition, the, the brain waves are, are stopped, the breathing stopped, the heart is stopped. At least, again, Clarvius Narcisse, he, he went to the hospital. They, they've got reports of him dying. Symptoms, all of it. Wow. <laughs> Man. And he popped up 17 years later, and... You know, is supposed to be, you know, the the guy that Wade Davis was speaking with down there and got his start uh, there and then found his way to the witch doctors. And uh, it sounds a, really a hyped up Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what it was, man. In, uh, you know, the early days of uh, zombie cinema and, of course, zombie writing. And, of course, there are a lot of books and everything. Um, that we see coming up through here, but that's what it was, man. It was a lot of this uh, Haitian lore, uh, voodoo, and um, how much of it again was was sort of this white man from America going down there and experiencing these things, and and maybe maybe exaggerating, maybe extrapolating things that he saw and and making assumptions, and we just don't know. Um, but all I know is there's, there's been such great storytelling and so many great movies that have come out and evolved and, uh, we've seen it, uh, you know, the zombie I think is such a, a unique monster from all the others that we see in horror, you know, such as the vampire and the werewolf and, and things like that. Um, it's very strange, its roots and, uh, how it's changed over times, but, um, Certainly a lot of fun, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The zombies are it's it's a whole lot of fun to think about, you know, theoretical ways. How could how could this really happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, the the uh, uh what mad cow disease was very similar to, you know, the rage viruses we were seeing. Right, right. It's it's Yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, the the reality is with our uh, our inclination to be antibacterial, that point zero one percent that survives is stronger, therefore, for su- having survived. So we're just creating stronger viruses and stronger right. diseases. By by doing this, so what's what's to say that you know, evolution won't blindly throw something like that in our path? It's not impossible, right? Oh, well, absolutely. And hell, maybe uh, Miami was the real deal. 
because he sure didn't have bath salts in his system. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I mean, what was, man, what was that guy's deal? I, that was. Huh. That is that is a good question. He it was it was a large uh, large media hype for for oh no it's bath salts and then again bath salts but this is a product that's been on the market for I presume a while. Oh yeah, yeah. To to have two isolated incidents and then nothing and then you actually really look at it and when the coroner's report came he just you know had smoked weed. <laughs> He, he he had he had, he had THC in his system, so you know the bath salt theory was complete propaganda. Well, if it's not bath salt, and you know, I, I I mean, I've I've gotten the munchies really bad before when I used to smoke. <laughs> right, right. But I have never considered somebody's face as yeah. as you know a viable food source. Uh, maybe my own arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in yeah. really dire circumstances, however, you know the the Snickers from the gas station up the store will suffice. Yeah, yeah, and you're 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 generally very peaceful. Actually, at that point, you're just like, dude, give me my, just give me my chips, man. You know, just give me. I don't care what I eat, man. Those stale crackers over there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll eat those crackers right? that have been sitting on the counter for a week. I don't care, man. That's cool. You know, I, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's freaky, uh, you know, when we see that kind of thing, it's, uh, I mean, you just don't know, you think uh, science and technology are, are probably getting to that uh, right now, I mean, I, I, I think we're getting close to something that uh, we, may be happening soon that is <laughs> going to be very similar to this, but, man, I don't know, I don't know, it's... Uh, you know, but certainly a lot of fun to talk about. But uh, you know, talking about zombie movies, and I don't know how big a, a big a fan you are uh, when it comes to horror, when it comes to zombies, and it's obviously you you know a lot about this all. But uh, what would you call your favorite zombie film of all time, and and why do you think it, it, this is your favorite? Oh man, God. putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is that is totally putting me on the spot. Um. I don't know. I, I, I like the, uh, the the remake of the, the Dawn of the Dead. I, I think, again, it hits, it encapsulates society where uh, they survive through all of this only for, you know, the humans, other survivors, just to fucking carelessly put this person down. Right. right. And I, I think that, that kind of... Uh, kind of speaks to where we are as as certainly as a country where you know we rush headfirst into a war that violates international war laws that we helped to put in place and expect our allies just to you know be gung ho and okay with it and the rest of the world to view us is also that's a total look at how we are. Uh, yeah, we'll just shoot you and then, you know, figure out what the hell you are. That is totally cool. Um, I love that movie, actually. Love the Dawn remake. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think, uh, you know, somewhat faithful to the original. Um, I sort of wish they wouldn't have called it Dawn of the Dead. And here's why. Because 
I'm going to come back and say my favorite of all time is Dawn of the Dead 1978. Um, that's a movie, man. When I watched it when I was a kid, that that movie just affected me. Oh, man. I, I could have you here the rest of the night, man, just talking about Dawn. But uh, it's my favorite zombie movie of all time. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I'm just a fan of the slower zombies. I'm, uh, I, I grew up a child of the 70s and 80s where I understand where they were coming from and, and get the message. I like uh, what Romero was doing. I like the characters. I can identify with so much. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me as well as, I mean, man, I popped this in and I had been, uh, you know, watching zombie movies and horror movies for a while when I saw this, but... Uh, I had never seen the level of zombie violence and gore that I had seen in Dawn of the Dead. I mean, this is the first time that I saw a zombie bite a chunk of flesh out of a person right there on camera. Uh, I'd never seen that before. Um, And there you go. You just did it here on The Walking Dead, you know, how long ago. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of uh, something that is uh, so common in uh, zombie TV films, everything that we see. But I think that is because, you know, we, we saw all these movies before that sort of doing it and knowing the effect that it had on uh, on the viewers. But, uh, you know, Dawn 78 just holds that, that special place for me, man, where it was, it was a time and a place where I was and why I can still pop it in even now and be equally as scared and appreciate everything that I did going back, you know, 20-whatever years ago that it was that I saw this. Um and the remake, yeah, I mean, like I said, the remake, I enjoy it, but I just see it sort of, uh, you know, it, it. the only thing in common that it had with the original was there was a mall and a black guy. And that was about <laughs> it. You know, that was that was pretty much it. Um, you know, not to not to knock uh, what that movie was. Um, love Ving Rhames. Uh, great actor. He did a great job in this. I love. I love the characters. How this. How this movie was written. I. I just think it was so different uh, from the original Dawn that. Uh, you know. I, I just sort of wish it would have been just called something different because it was almost like it was so different. It was just sort of a cash in on the name. Um, you know, it was like, yeah, this is Dawn of the Dead, but only because it has a mall. So that's what we're gonna bank on right now. Um, but uh, I may be way too much of a nerd about all this and so much of a zombie purist that it just, you know, I'm not really relevant right now. But that's that's where I come from on it. So I don't know if you if you get that and sort of understand where I'm coming from. But that's my thinking. I, you know what? If if I had if I had the the frame of reference of, you know, first seeing this in childhood and the sentimental value behind it. I, which I didn't. I I actually saw the remake before the original. Oh wow! To be completely honest, and uh, I I I find them both very good views on the times, and very good views on, you know, society as it is. And I really I I value that that look at it where you know it. it The critical look will be taken. Hmm. Yeah. But I I don't want to, like, discount or discredit 
um, you know, somebody like you that uh, appreciates the original or the uh, the remake more than the original, um, because that's totally valid too. Because you come from a whole different standpoint, and uh, you know, you're 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 affected and scared and everything just based on your experiences and where you were when you saw it and and things like that. So, you know, there there is really no answer to this. Like, what is definitely better? Which one is definitely better? I mean, you, you can't say that. Um, I think you just have to put it out there with the kind of person you are and sort of the experiences that you have had and just put it out there and let people decide for themselves because uh, this is in no way, a, you know, a judgment on either film, I think. Um, it's just what you and me have, have experienced and seen, you know? Absolutely. I, I think that's uh, that's what makes any movie that we really hold dear to our hearts, uh, dear to us. Yeah. You know, that, that we've got that, that special connection or, you know, maybe, maybe the, the special memory with, you know, family or a, a friend or whatever to, to go with it. That's, that's, the wonderful, fascinating thing about horror is that through through scaring ourselves, it brings us closer to those that we are there with. Right. Right. It brings us more in touch with, I think, where we are as a society and just being, like I said before, humans in this crazy world, dealing with all the insanity that's going on around us. Because, you know, let's be honest... Nothing going on around us right now makes a lick of sense. You know, it's so far beyond our control, and we're just kind of here riding on everything that's happening around us. And, um, you know, I, I think we all deal with it in different ways. And, um, and that's, I think that's what we're, what we're seeing in a lot of film. So that's, uh, that's what it is. So subjective, man. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun talking with you tonight, man, and I, I wish we could just keep it going all night and I could have like an eight-hour podcast here and I could just keep <laughs> keep picking your brain about things, but I, I don't want to hold you up, man, and uh, you know, you've been so kind as to to devote, it's been like an hour and a half now and we've just been going on. Um, it is, it has uh, truly been a pleasure. It's, uh, I, I like, I like uh, being able to banter back and forth and talk horror and movies and, you know, all of that. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, William, I hope we can do this again, man, and uh, you can come back on, and we'll we'll just talk about uh, you know horror and what's going on, what you've been watching, what I've been watching, and and uh, I hope we can uh, definitely keep in touch here because uh, I've had a lot of fun just getting to know you and talking with you and knowing you're 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 so intelligent. You have uh, I think a very uh, a very cool insight into horror and uh, you know especially zombies and everything that uh you know i think is sort of rare in the community so thank you for that and again i might be hitting you up for uh another appearance on the show so gotta warn you oh by all means <laughs> uh, feel free feel free anytime you know how to reach me oh nice nice well of course everybody out there listening right now can reach william uh, on facebook please go like his page at facebook.com slash william sibley hart and, uh, of course, I'm going to have that up on uh, the Electric Chair website. And um, if you're interested in uh, seeing his scene just isolated, 
Uh, I know, like I said, so many of you out there have seen this scene before, but uh, it's a pivotal scene and and one that uh, I think was done very, very well and affects the story so much. But uh, I'll have the link up to the uh, YouTube clip that is probably not legal at all and YouTube will probably uh, take down uh, at some point. But it's up there right now and you can watch it, so the link will be there. But... um, Thank you all for listening. This was uh, The Electric Chair. I'm Midnight Corey. Of course, my website is electricchairshow.com. My personal blog with all kinds of weird things on it is midnightcorey.com. And I can be reached on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and all kinds of social media. And um, that's about it. So, William, again, thank you for your time. You've been so generous and kind to me to uh, you know, take up this nice chunk of... Uh, chunk of a sunday or a yeah sunday what am i talking about a wednesday night here um, <laughs> you know i i don't even know, you know what's going on but uh hey you know what that uh, means it's a good night for you huh i think so i think maybe i need to stop the ipas here tonight and uh, <laughs> just sort of uh call it a night but uh man it's been fun thank you so much man <laughs> all right you have a good night all right you too